episode 10 of the Flat Out RC podcast. My name is Andrew Sill, and thanks again for joining me. This is the podcast where we talk about all things aero modeling, radio controlled planes, helis, drones, all that kind of stuff. So if you're new here, welcome aboard. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, we'd love to have you on board with the Flat Out RC crew. So we're up to 20 people here in Victoria to fly now. More people can get out to the flying field. It's all hotting up, but it's actually cooling down. I'm freezing at the moment. Absolutely freezing. Winter's starting to set in here, down here in Victoria. And I don't really enjoy getting out to the field when it's that really cold. It's, it's ski season. That's coming. So I go skiing a bit. So I'll be doing that. But I don't like getting out there when it's windy and, and cold. But I must say, a winter's day that is still calm, clear skies, beautiful to get out flying. And of course, we don't have to worry so much about our engines overheating as well. So everything's been happening. Uh, my jet's ready to fly. I'm really happy about that. My Skymaster Viper jet, it's ready to go, waiting for the next jet event to happen so I can take it out for a fly. Actually, I'm hoping to get out for a fly in the coming week. Uh, I'm going to head up, possibly go north into the country, catch up with some mates, go for a fly, grab the 100cc, or at least 200cc aerobatic plane sitting in my trailer ready to go. One of them uh, remaidening after some repairs and the other plane a full-on maiden. So really looking forward to that. So let's get into this episode, episode 10 of Flat Out RC Podcast. Well, today I want to start off this podcast talking about uh, uh, companies that develop hobby products here in Australia. And let's just say they're few and far between. We used to have more. There used to be a whole industry here in Australia. You know, we had Southern Sailplanes making gliders. We had Aeroflight, of course. Uh, we've had Precision Aerobatics. But over the time, there's been different manufacturers. I've actually got a glider that was developed here in Australia by, uh, in conjunction, I was a joint joint development, Mike O'Reilly and Andrew Simon Simmons, who used to do, not Andrew Simmons, is it Andrew Simmons? Martin Simmons, Martin Simmons, he used to design um, gliders. So I've got one of their kits. So there were over the years, there have been, there has been a, a vibrant sort of hobby manufacturing industry in Australia. But it's all sort of gone by the wayside. Precision Aerobatics moved to the US. Aeroflight came back. I think they're in a bit of a hiatus after their uh, their shop got burnt down a bit. Don't know what they're going to do with that, but they brought back a few of the planes, which was good to see. Uh Southern Sail Planes, well, the guy's retired. He's, he's an elderly gentleman now. He's not doing it anymore. And I suppose the cost of doing them in Australia, even though I saw a post by um, Brian, who uh, owns the Aeroflight brand, and him just being honest and talking about how little money they're actually using making kit planes. Aeroflight made kits. If you've been around for a while, you probably know they make balsa kits, gliders and control liners and things like that. And I've owned multiple Aeroflight kits over the years. Uh, but... It's just really hard to make money out of them. Our market size is small. The costs are high to produce them. And that just is a recipe for financial disaster. But good on them for trying. But there's one brand out there that I just want to sort of focus in on, which is relatively new. And it's a drone manufacturing business called Impulse RC. They're based out of, uh, I think, Brisbane, from memory, up in Queensland. I know that. And they build some awesome quality drones. I'm talking about world-class 
kind of drones. Now, we're talking about FPV drones here. We're not talking about the DJI kind of stuff. We're talking about things that go really fast, put your goggles on and get that first-person experience flying them. Now, I've got one. I still haven't flown it, though. I've got an Impulse RC Helix. But they make a range of different drones uh, from racing drones to freestyle-based drones, various sizes, but generally around that 5-inch mark is probably their sweet spot. Um, they've got a few racing, or I think of yeah, a couple of racing versions, and then about three freestyle. They've got an Apex, the JS One. The JS One is, I think it's it's a development between um, the Bitmarters, Thomas Bitmarter, BMS Web. And we'll talk about them a bit later, actually. Uh, they've been involved in the development of the the, the JS One. The uh, the Apex seems to be a new model that's a, like a looks like a freestyler. The Reverb was developed uh, with Chad Nowak, I think, developed the Reverb was a freestyle beast, and the Alien as well, uh, another freestyle um, model. Now their website impulserc.com, based out here in Brisbane, they seem to be doing really good things. Not only are they developing frames, they're also developing electronics as well control boards and all those kind of things and of course you can buy complete sets from them impulse rc now my experience with them has been pretty good they never gave me a model for review always ask them for models they never gave me any but anyway there's a lot of money in the drone drone racing field but they are selling them worldwide uh, and they're fortunate to have someone like uh, thomas bitmata flying their uh, their um, frames because he's such a good pilot uh, he's extremely good. One of the best in the world, really. World class. Their, their, their stuff is top-notch. The quality is really, really good. I've put together the Helix, and uh, it is an older... People tell me it's an older drone, but I love the look of them. And carbon fibre, of course, a lot of carbon fibre work. And they're just spot on. There's everything bolts together. and They're using proper materials to build these. So it's good to see that there's an Aussie company out there in the hobby trying their best to make a buck and give us something to have fun with. And they've been doing well, and I hope they continue to do so. ImpulseRC.com. This is not a sponsored post, but like to support Aussies. And keep an eye out for Aeroflight as well. Uh, last great wide hope to keep the uh, keep uh, things going. The Bolsa planes kits here in Australia. It'd be good to see them up and running once again. Uh and um, one day I want to build one of their gliders again. I've got an Aeroflot Aries. I've built an Albatross. Uh, but I really would like to to get another one up and running just for a bit of fun. Get back into a bit of a kit build. So there you have it. Impulse RC, Aeroflot. Support them. We've got another international special guest this week on the Flat Out RC podcast. And it's a young chap all the way from Sweden. His name is... Ole Loveberg. I call him the love bug. Uh, I met Ole 2018 in China at the China Top Show, where I seem to meet most of my international uh, friends in the hobby. And great kid. He's 18 years of age now. He was 16 at the time, and he was just a really mature guy for his age. Uh, he was there competing uh, as a freestyle aerobatics guru. He's one of the best in Sweden. I think he's won IMAX championships in Sweden and whatever. But uh, he's got a lot of sponsors now, so and he works hard for them. But he's a, he's just a switched-on kid, and loves his flying. His, his life really revolves around the hobby, as, as it does for many young gun aerobatic pilots that still haven't 
had to go out there and work, but he's on the cusp of that. He's uh, coming up to the end of his schooling, uh, but he's a little cool. He's a cool, cool cucumber. He's Ole Loveberg, all the way from Sweden. I hope you enjoy this chat with him. Well, joining me today is a good friend of mine, all the way from Sweden. Uh, Ole Loveborg, all the way from Sweden, a good friend of mine, met in China. Ole, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Now, uh, people may not have heard of you. Now, I know you well, but just give us a bit of an introduction about who you are and you know what you fly and what you do. I am an eight years old Swedish RC pilot that has been flying for around um, eight years or something like that. And I have been competing in iMac and freestyle and uh, live in a small town in Sweden called Motala. Um, and yeah, what I do is going to school and fly pretty much. <laughs> well, you're 18 years of age now and it's a big year for you to finish up school. And of course, you've had to deal with the whole corona thing. Uh, but let's just take a backward step. You know, you said you've been flying for eight years. How did you first get into flying model planes? Yeah, it's a pretty special story, actually. Uh, I got a small um, toy RC helicopter from my dad uh, as a Christmas present. And um, I took it a step longer than most other kids that get a <laughs> that small uh, radio control helicopter. So I got into RC club here uh, in my town and uh, met awesome people there and um, yeah, got a lot of help and I got into the hobby. And so uh, you had this little helicopter. What was the next yeah. step after the little helicopter? What did you, what, what plane did you have then? I got another helicopter actually. So in the beginning, in the beginning I actually flew mostly helicopters, uh, but my first airplane, I think it was an aerobatic airplane, actually. I think it was an indoor airplane. Um, yeah. So, and did you, so we know how hard it is to, how much practice you need to do to fly a helicopter, but did you find um, transitioning from a helicopter to a plane quite easy for you or were you on a simulator? How did you make that transition? I have always been flying a lot on a simulator, so I practice a lot there and got a lot of help from people around me and but yeah i i started indoor and you are pretty much allowed to crash indoor so yeah it came naturally actually that's a really good point because the indoor scene here in australia isn't very big um okay. I, I have dabbled in it where we had um a group of us used to fly indoor and it was so much fun but i've never thought of that indoor scene being a good place to learn but you're right that these indoor planes, if you buy the right ones, they bounce okay and you can just keep on flying. Yeah. So it's maybe something for people out there that are thinking back into the hobby. Don't discount having a go at indoor flying because they are quite good. What what helicopters were you flying? What size were they? Uh, they were around the 450 size. So I started with uh, when I when I got my first real helicopter, I think it was uh, a Lion T-Rex 450 actually. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is where it all started. Uh, but as you said, indoor are awesome. It's a very good way to practice. Um, so especially nowadays with these EP EPP planes uh, out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had um, some of the RC factory planes, which were uh, absolutely awesome. Yeah, for, they for fly indoor. just awesome. Yeah, they've been really good. Now, I, it was funny. I had I got back into the hobby after a long break through helicopters as well and had a a T-Rex 450. I really liked the idea that you didn't need a runway to fly. You could just take off in a park or something and have a bit of fun. 
but I haven't. Yeah, it. that is that is the best thing with helicopters. RC planes, with a, especially with the bigger planes, you need to some kind of runway but helicopter you could literally take up in your in your garden yeah do you fly helicopters at all now or not no, no. not at all no i haven't flown i don't even own. have a helicopter at the moment don't you? Uh, well that's all right now you've moved on to things so you are um a very very good aerobatics pilots around the imac scene also in freestyle aerobatics when did that start coming into you into your hobby you know when did you really start moving and focusing on the aerobatics uh, I, I met a friend called Daniel, uh, he is one of my best friends nowadays as well, and so he was competing in IMAC in Sweden and was one of the leading uh, freestyle pilots in Sweden at, the, at that time, and uh, he learned me a lot, so in 2014, I think it was, I got into IMAC and I, I attended my first IMAC competition, and since then I've been competing mainly in IMAC here in Sweden. And what does the uh, IMAC scene look like in Sweden? Is, is, are there a lot of pilots competing in IMAC or is it quite small? I think it's pretty big compared to, to uh, the size of Sweden. Uh, we are around 30 pilots. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, because we're having a, a lot of fun. What's roughly the population of Sweden? Nine million people, I think. Yeah, see, that's not Something bad. Like that. That's not bad at all because we've got more people in Australia. We've got 25 million people in Australia. And, you know, for us to get 30 people at an IMAC event would be, uh, you know, national competition would be pretty good. So not bad at all. Now, so your friend really got you into the IMAC scene. What what planes were you flying when you first started? Did you go straight to giant scale or or what were you? No, absolutely not. I flew a 60-inch Extreme Flight Edge at at my first competition, actually. So I had... Pretty much the smallest plane, uh, but yeah, it worked quite well. So I flew a 60-inch plane for the first year, actually. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're actually pretty good, some of those planes. As long as it's not too windy, they're not too bad. And uh, freestyle aerobatics is also a big thing that you do. Are you are they running freestyle competitions uh, alongside the IMAC uh, sequences, or is it, are they separate competitions? No, it is in the same competitions. Um, so yeah, the same series. So at the same places. Now, let's just talk a bit about the freestyle aerobatics. So your freestyle routines are really a combination of traditional aerobatic maneuvers and then 3D maneuvers as well. What is your process of developing uh, your freestyle routine? It's a pretty long process. It starts at the end of um, of um, the year before I will use that freestyle, and I start off by mainly watching other pilots and what they have done during the year and looking at maybe new maneuvers, getting inspiration. And then I sit down and basically start with creating a plot of what I want to do and uh, what uh, what maneuvers I want to get in and so on. And I start to build on, on that and trying to find great mu- music. So there are hundreds of hours behind free, uh, behind a freestyle. Uh, program actually are but you... i haven't got i've got a lot of help from Edo actually there he gave did he give you some tips there our good friend Edo segev did he give you a few tips on how to select music because you, you had a lot of ideas yeah Edo segev helped me a lot uh, when it came to 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 finding both music and and helping me watching my my first draw of the, of the the program so he helped me a lot 
Yeah, and I think it's uh, it was something that uh, actually when I was in China last year, I spoke to some of the pilots that were there, Martin Branmill and Sasha Chaconi, and I said, um, I actually offered to them, I said, when you're developing your freestyle routine, it's good to get somebody else to to look at it. So I said, yeah. if, you, if you film it on your phone and then send me the routine, then I'll have a look. It's actually, remember, um, now Ola and I will talk about our, our time in China a bit later, but before we went to China in 2017 and Ido was going to do demo flights, I actually sat with him and watched his routine as he flew it on the simulator and gave him a sort of a critique on what he could do to, you know, whether there was a flat spot in the routine that how he could change it a bit. And and he, t- he actually took my advice. I don't know. For once he did. Yeah. And he, he <laughs> tweaked it. But I think it's very important f- to get other people to review your, your um, routine. So are you preparing them on the simulator, the routines? Yeah, first? for sure. I fly a lot of sim- on simulator, simulator. And as you said, it's great to get someone else looking into to what you have done because you're – getting kind of blind after watching these freestyle and flying it hundreds of times on the simulator. So it's great to get get some input from someone else. And what simulator are you using? At the moment, Real Flight 8. Um, I've been using Phoenix, but um, since I started to fly more and more aerobatics with airplane, I, I changed to Real Flight. Yeah, I've done, I did exactly the same. Phoenix isn't around anymore. I think the business has stopped. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I heard it. Yeah, because I, I actually just I bought Real Flight at the start of the year, and I, I did have Phoenix, and um, and it used to be really good, and it was very good for helis, yeah. but then they, they did a they did a major upgrade at some point in time many years ago now, and it ruined the physics. Yeah. And so now yeah, I'm, I know. I'm on Real Flight nine. Real so, Phoenix five, I think it was. Yes, that, uh, that's the, the one. Yeah. Phoenix 4 was good, then it went to 5 and it was... Yeah, very good. Yeah, it was terrible. I, I don't even have Phoenix 5 at the moment. I, I still have 4. Oh, do you? Yeah, keep it like that. That's much better, I think. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Uh, I tried the 5, but to go back to 4. Now, there's... Uh, just let's give give the audience a bit of an understanding of how much practice and how much time you need to spend to get to the level you're at because you are at a very high level with your with all your aerobatic um, flying. What? How much time are you spending on the simulator practicing around one to two hours every day um, yeah and then i fly a lot in real life as well around yeah let's say in the summer four times a week and in the winter two times a week so that's a lot of flying i, I keep on saying that uh, every time i interview somebody that's very good at flying it's as a result of the amount of time they spent especially when they were yes, younger because sure. you know what's going to happen all there now that you're 18 <laughs> uh, you'll you'll end up finding a wife, and then you won't be allowed to go to the flying field, and you will not progress. You know how they always say. You hear people say, "Oh, the young kids are always going to beat us." Yeah, that's because you've got yeah. plenty of time to go and practice. But to do that's one, true. Imagine if if I did one to two hours of simulator um, practice a, a day, my wife would be yelling at me for one to two hours a day. <laughs> yeah. But that's good though, because what's going to happen now for the rest of your life, you're actually going to be a good pilot. That's what I always say. You've put yeah, the time in. <laughs> so that's a lot of practice. Do you get bored? No. You don't? Oh, actually not. I get bored on the simulator. I love the simulator. Oh, last night I was talking to a friend and telling him how good the simulator is. And tell me, if you didn't have the simulator and uh, have that access to a simulator to fly, do you think you'd be as good a pilot or not? No, absolutely not. Most of most of my flying skills came from the simulator, actually. Uh, I learned pretty much all my new maneuvers on the simulator and practice all my freestyle routines on the simulator first and then transfer it into real life. So everything basically starts in the simulator. Um, 
So yeah, I have always used the simulator a lot. And um, as you talked about getting bored of the simulator, uh, I'm not flying one or two hours straight uh, in one day. I'm flying maybe half an hour in the morning, half an hour in the day, half an hour in the afternoon, and half an hour in the evening. Um, and fly with friends sometime online, and most of the time fly with music, and yeah, then it worked pretty well. Well, it's um, freestyle aerobatics is one of those things, freestyle to music that is. It's not very popular in Australia, and I'm just, I would love to see, a, you know, an aero musical kind of scene in Australia because I think it's to me it's the pinnacle of model uh, competitive competitive flying, being able to not yeah, only. Uh, fly competently but also be able to be creative enough to to develop like a dance routine almost to music and it's just something that we just don't do well here in australia that even in the imax scene when they run a freestyle competition you might get three pilots and that's about it uh so it's it's really something that you know you and i love it but we just don't see we just don't see it here in australia we've got to do something about it hopefully hopefully people listen to you talking and see the passion they want to go out and fly to music that you know even, so. I always say that even when I fly and I don't compete, that I treat it as if I'm putting on a demonstration or I'm going to entertain the audience. And okay, I don't, but my aim is that I can, you know, put a display on that people go, oh, that was really nice. I really like that. I like, really like what you did in the air. So to me, there's a very creative element uh, to, to it all. It's actually interesting. Do you play any musical instruments or anything like that? No, uh, not at all. Because what I've found... Though, but I listen a lot to music. Yeah, see, there's a lot of... What I've found is that people that really enjoy freestyle aerobatics actually are music fans as well or play music. Um, that it's, I am a music fan, but I'm not playing any music by myself, but I listen a lot to music. Uh, I do. Well, you don't have time to because you're on the simulator for two hours a day, so... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> now, let's just talk about the the, the scene in, uh, in Sweden because... Over here, down here in Australia, we know that uh, Sweden—it's it's a great country, and but it's it gets cold, and it's cold yeah. for at least half of the year, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, so during the winter period here in Sweden, we fly most of the time indoor, and that is my main flying during the winter. And so we're flying in sports hall uh, at schools, and yeah. So it works pretty good. I fly a lot indoor, and I think I think it's really fun actually. I think also indoor makes you a better pilot because you've got another barrier. You've got more confined space. What what plane are you generally flying when you're flying indoor? At the moment, I'm flying uh, some of the RC factory planes. I have a Superlight Extra and a Superlight Edge. I think it is, and yeah, they fly just awesome. Yeah, they're really good. They are. Uh, for anyone in Australia, these planes are available through Aussie AeroWorks uh, over in Adelaide. John Jantz has taken over the business and doing a good job. And so RC Factory is available in Australia and I can recommend them. I've had a number of their planes reviewed, one of their, um, the big, X, the Edge XL that they've got, which actually Edo did the, the test flights for me and um, he loved it. Thought it was one of the best foamies he's flown. So RC Factory are available here in Australia. Yeah, they they produce awesome, awesome planes. Actually, have, have you seen the uh, the new Jace uh, Ducia range, the JTA Innovations planes? Yes, I have. Uh, they seems to fly 
really well. I have not seen anyone here in Sweden yet, but I would love to get to fly one, well, actually. You need yeah. to contact Jace to see if you can get yeah. your hands on one. In Australia, we're actually, uh, Aaron Gahl from Australia, he actually is importing them so we can get those as well. But they look, oh, I haven't I haven't tried one of those. I, actually, the next indoor plane that I'm trying is um, Multiplex made an extra. Uh, okay, yeah. An indoor extra, and I'm going to try that, which is very similar to, to the JTA Innovations planes, actually. So I'm going to... I'm going to build, I've got the kit and I've got the gear. Um, so I'll, I've got to put that together. So that's on the to-do list as well. Now, as far as the uh, aerobatics scene, looks like you mentioned that there's 30, uh, 30 pilots sort of competing. In general, if you go to your local flying club, what are people generally flying? Is it scale? Is it just, you know, generic kind of planes or aerobatics gliders? What is it? That is actually a lot of 3D planes here in Sweden, I would say, uh, especially where I'm flying. Uh, and a lot of big iMac machines as well, but for sure it's a lot of scalar uh, scale planes as well and some gliders. Uh, but I think it's relatively many three uh, D planes actually, so that's yeah. fun. Yeah, that's good. Obviously, it helps you because then you've got other people that can help you along and mentor you as well. Now, let's just talk about some of the planes that you're flying. Um, what, what currently are the planes that you've got in your hangar that you're using? Uh, for competing, I am at the moment using uh, 100cc extra from Skywing as well as the Slick from Skywing, the 100cc machine. And uh, yeah. Electric or gas? Uh, gas. What mode I'm is using it? a 130cc DLE, the new one. Ah, now let's just talk about that. Now, Skywing planes aren't available here in Australia, but we've seen them in China, and um, they're beautiful planes. Have you got the, the latest generation with the magnetic uh, wing pins? And no, that? actually not. Oh, I would love to, but they're uh, great. I actually don't have I, I saw them in China last year, and so they're, they're producing uh, these planes that don't need any screws to hold the wings in. They're all magnetic pins, and um, they're phenomenal. Now, the DLE-130, we haven't seen many yes. planes with them. I saw saw uh, an extreme flight laser with one in in China. What's your experience like with that plane, with that with that motor? With that motor, uh, it's awesome. Actually, I've been using the Dili one hundred and twenty for some years, and um, I got two one hundred and thirty now uh, in my two extras, and um, they works awesome. Uh, they have more power uh, than the one hundred and twenty for sure, but they are also from my experience, less uh, vibrations and yeah, running much smoother and great throttle response. And so yeah, seems to be an awesome engine. What about the weight of them? Because I heard they're a little bit heavier. A little bit heavier. I don't know exactly, but um, I I don't find it as any problem actually. What what propeller? What size propeller are you using on the one thirty? At the moment, I'm using uh, Engel Modellbau 29 by 13. 29 by 13. Is it, is, is it Engel, noisy? No, actually not. I'm, but I'm running tune pipes, uh, and Engel are pretty you know, light in the air, so they are normally a little bit bigger than most other propeller manufacturers. So that's amazing. Um, the and and that's okay for iMac as well. You got plenty of are you using both them. Are you using both those planes for iMac or is one for iMac and one for freestyle? Both are for both iMac and freestyle. Yeah, which one do you like more? They are. <laughs> they are actually flying pretty much the same. Um, so I build them exactly uh, 
uh, exactly identical. Uh, so exactly the same setup in both of them. So let's go. Let's just go through some of that setup. What servos are you using? At the moment, I'm using the Savox 2290, 50 kilogram servos, and uh, yeah. And then radio. Oh, okay, so we know that with Radio Gear, you're sponsored by FR Sky. Um, exactly. You're using what the Horus is it transmitter? Yeah, the X10 at the moment. And how have you found those uh, transmitters? Awesome. Uh, I got contacted by F- from FR Sky uh, two years ago, and um, I haven't heard about so many pilots using FR Sky in model planes, but I got my hands to one and. Um, yeah, I fell in love directly. This feeling of the transmitter, as well as the price and um, the quality, it's just awesome. So, yeah, it's a great radio. I've been using them for two years now without any problem. Are you running any telemetry on your planes or not? Yeah, I have tre- telemetry. What are you monitoring? Uh, I have a voltage from my receiver batteries. I have... Uh, Fuel flow and cylinder temperatures and height and distance to the transmitter to myself. Oh, really? And uh, I've never used FR Sky, but do you need to buy mo- uh, telemetry modules or does some of it come straight out of the receiver? It comes straight out of the receiver. You just need the sensors. Yeah, okay. So there you go, the FR Sky. Have you got any other sponsors? Yes, I have. Uh, I actually have a lot of sponsors at the moment. You can see if I have a list of them. Uh, ML Hobby, uh, who is owned by Michael. As we know uh, Michael. We met. Wait, is, yeah. Michael was with us in China. Is he still in China? No. Yeah, actually moved to Sweden. Uh, oh, he's back. Last year. Yeah, he's back here after, I think it is eight years or something like that in China. So mm. he's back here. Excellent. So, yeah. so I have... ML Hobby as a sponsor, uh, as well as FL Sky and Savox, as we talked about earlier, uh, as well as DLE. And um, then I have Dual Sky, um, you know, Orville yeah, from we, Dual Sky. Yeah, Orville's a good friend. Yeah, and then I'm sponsored by Engel Modelbau, um, Top RC Model, uh, BF Turbines or Air Design Works. Um, Sullivan, um, who produces uh, as accessories for airplanes. I mainly use yeah. the smoke pumps and smoke oils at the moment. Yeah, we've got we've got a lot of Sullivan gear here in Australia. Yeah, so, and I'm sponsored by Future Model, FMS, MTV, Hobbywing, Spot On, Stick Mover, and actually Oakley Sweden, who produces sunglasses. No, uh, wait, wait a second. <laughs> How did you get so many sponsors? Uh, yeah, it's a long story. Uh, I've been sponsored by by some of the biggest companies for such a long time. I think many people think that uh, the only thing that uh, sponsor only come with with great results in competition, but it's much more than that. You need to be able to produce uh, to um, promote the sponsors, um, and I'm using social medias a lot and. Yeah, I am being sponsored for from I've been sponsored by ML Hobby for some years now, and um, some of my sponsors there are actually um, some of the brands that ML Hobby are selling. So it's via him. Yeah, that's good. That's well done. So, you, be honest: Are you getting your gear for free, or is it discounted? 
mainly it's for free. Well, see, there you go. And and I agree with you that a lot of people think uh, that you have to be the best and you know compete in all the competitions and do well to get the sponsorship. But like you said, it's about showcasing the brand and being a good ambassador for the brand. And and uh, you know, do, do you think that uh, your trip to China helped with some of the relationships, such as Dual Sky, to to get the sponsorship? Yes, for sure. I actually got the sponsorship uh, from both DLE and uh, Dual Sky after my trip to China. So it was great to come by, come there and meet the people behind the, those companies. And so that helped a lot. Well, let's just talk about our China experience. So Ole came to the 2018 China Top Show event, which was in Suzhou, China, near Shanghai. And that's where I first met him. Now, if you've seen the Life on High Rates video, which is on the Flat Out RC YouTube channel, Orle is the guy that's sitting on my lap. So the first time I met Orle, <laughs> you would have been, what, 16, I think, at the time? Yeah, you're around 16, yeah, I think, at the time. And so I had this 16-year-old young boy sitting on my lap. But the interesting thing about your Orle is that we we became friends straight away. And you were, like, younger than – I'm old enough to be your dad. But we were just, like, good friends and having a go at each other and – and we had, of course, our good friend Ido and Martin Brandbuller and Jace Ducey was there. What are your memories of that event? Like, uh, you know, what stands out for you about that event? It was just an awesome week of my life, actually. Uh, we get to meet so many new people, uh, so many good pilots. And, yeah, it was just awesome. Uh, and we met, as we said, as you said, uh, both Ido Segev and Martin Brandmiller and... Um, Frank from uh, Winner Models, Frank Liu. Uh, so, yeah, it was an awesome week, actually. Yeah, it was good, except that, you know, Orly won't say this, but I kept on telling him off because we would go out for lunch or for dinner and he would always say, I just want to have a hamburger or something like that. And I kept <laughs> on saying to him, Orly, you, when you go home at the end of the week, you can eat as many hamburgers <laughs> as you like. But when you're in China, you eat Chinese food because you're not going to get it like this when you get home and where did we end up we had where i think we, did you come to the pizza restaurant we went to a pizza restaurant one yeah. night and then we ended up we ended up at a middle eastern restaurant Remember michael took us to some middle eastern restaurant and it was great we had good food there it was amazing but um i was always like when in china you must eat chinese but you know all there, you know next time are you, are you, would you go back do you think to 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 uh the cts if you got invited i hope so uh it would be awesome. Uh, so yeah, if I got the possibility to to go this year, and if it will be any CTS this year, um, I I will try do my best to go there. Yeah, I'm I'm in two minds because of the whole Corona thing. I, I I'd probably wait till I got a vaccination because uh, before I could travel through to Asia again. But uh, I'll tell you what, I love going to that event, and, and like you said, the people that we meet, it's it's such a good experience. And I've been talking about that a lot, um, saying to people that. If you get the opportunity to, to travel for your hobby, uh, yeah. do it because it's just the amount of, you learn from seeing other people, how they fly. You know, Aurel Zohar from Israel, how good is he? He's a phenomenal pilot. And then we had um, awesome. this year we had a young guy, Ben Cohen, also from Israel, 12-year-old, who is just going to yeah. be absolutely phenomenal. At 12 years of age, he is just flying the pants off the plane, as they say. He's just unbelievable in how he's going in the progress and he's still got a lot of time ahead of him to, to keep on improving and he's he's a bit like you he's on the simulator every day he actually said to me at, at lunchtime at school he actually gets on the simulator he doesn't play with his friends he just wants to fly all the time <laughs> and his dad said it's all he wants to do is fly 
Uh, now, let's move on. Um, so, obviously, you, you've been very busy this year in your final year of school. Uh, how much flying have you been still getting out to the field a fair bit um, in between all your studies? Pretty much, actually. Uh, the main reason why I'm not been flying that much is due to the corona thing. But um, actually, pretty much, I've been flying uh, a lot on the simulator as well since we are having uh, school over the internet uh, at the moment. So pretty uh, pretty much three times um, here at home. So so I fly simulator a lot. So the... Uh... You've, you, the end of the school year is coming up. What happens after that? What do you do uh, next year or moving in after school life? What are you planning on doing? After school, I my plan is to, to go to a university. That's that is what my plan is. Do you know what you want to study? No. <laughs> no? Some kind of engineer, I think. You better hurry up because you know, it's coming up pretty quickly when you need to make a decision. Yeah. Oh, I thought you want to be a pilot. I thought you were going to be like a commercial pilot or something <laughs> like that. That's a possibility. Uh, maybe you could start a hamburger restaurant in China. <laughs> I'll tell you what, pizza, pizza restaurants, restaurant. pizza restaurant in China in some places, because uh, the young people like going out. Uh, like we said to Frank in 2017 with Frank Liu, we were with, with him in uh, uh, Huzoi in uh, China, and we said, Frank, we're starting a pizza chain of restaurants we're going to have one here wherever we can find a place we're going to start a pizza restaurant because the young people want to eat pizza and it's cheap yeah. to make we can make money out of it so that's what we're going to have to do pizza restaurants <laughs> in China. maybe we should do it you me martin frank yeah. orville we'll start a uh, you know we've got enough connections a pizza restaurant yeah that's it we can go there and you know it'd be, it'd be good fun uh yeah. outside of your flying what do you enjoy doing not it sounds like you don't have a lot of time spare time but what else do you like to do outside of your model flying I'm spending a lot of time with my family and friends, um, as well as running a lot, um, in order to get, keep my uh, a good physique and um, watching a lot of Formula One. Uh, actually, well, it's not many races at the moment, but um, yeah, that is pretty much what I do. And flying, of course, flying. Are you building any any planes or not? I put almost all of my plane together by myself uh, and putting the gear in them. And so that takes a lot of time as well. And at the moment, I'm also I'm actually building a jet plane. And so, yeah. Do you know that every episode I end up saying that I've got a jet and I haven't flown it yet, but this jet movement around the world, the turbine jet movement seems to be growing. Tell us a bit about your jet. What have you got? I've got an Odyssey 2.3 meter, I think it is, from Top RC model uh, with a 140 Newton turbine. And so, yeah, I'm building that at the moment. So that is actually my first jet. So, yeah, it will be great fun to try out yet as well. The, and how have you found building a jet versus a normal uh, propeller plane? In many ways, pretty much the same. And the thing that are different is the way you set up your engine, for sure. But I actually found it a bit easier. Uh, it's not that much manifolders and um, silencer, and that it's almost everything finished. Mainly plug it in. And how's the top RC model been? It's been good, put together. Yeah, the quality is awesome and really looking forward to getting in there. And But I'm sure it's 
flying really well as well. Yeah, there's a few flying around in Australia that are pretty good. I've got a uh, Skymaster Viper jet, two meter Viper jet with a Jet Cat 100 in it, which I've got actually this weekend. I'm gonna I'm redoing some of the electrics. I bought it secondhand, but it was relatively new and got to do a bit of work. But I really like sport jets, and that's my thing. I want to fly yeah. aerobatically. So uh, it's getting cold though here, all air. We're coming into winter where I live in Melbourne, Australia. It's getting a bit cold, and so the opportunities to go flying, even though we've had some we've had some beautiful days, but I've been working, so I haven't been able to go out. <laughs> out. So today was a beautiful day here in Melbourne, but uh, and perfect for flying. But I. This weekend it's going to rain, and I heard on the radio this morning that they've said it's going to be a very wet winter. So we're going to have to wait till September. Things start to get better, and we'll be back flying. So I'm in no rush to get my jet out. My jet is sitting in the living room still, and my wife keeps on telling me, "When are you going to move it?" And I said, well, "When I finish it." But I like looking at it. But I, this weekend, that's the deadline that I'll have it all finished and ready to go, and then I'll just wait until I get to fly it. So yeah, jet. Time for some indoor flying, actually. Well, indoor. It would be good, but do you know what? It's it's one of those things where it indoor flying involves someone organising it. And there used to be a great guy, yeah. Ken Ken uh, down here in Melbourne, that used to organise an indoor event on a Sunday evening. I think it was once a month or something like that. And uh, but it started to die off. We just couldn't get the numbers, and we had to pay to rent the hall, and we just couldn't oh. get 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 the get the numbers to turn up. And so it's a real disappointment. But it's funny. I do you ever like go into a stadium or something and imagine if you could fly in the stadium with your with your model planes? Because I do it all the time. If I find a big warehouse, yeah. I think this would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Are you doing with your indoor flying? Are you flying to music as well? You're doing aero musicals or or what? Yes, I have been competing in a musical, and actually, there have not been any 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 musical uh, competition for uh, some years now. But um, yes, I have been competing in that, and most of the time when I'm flying indoor, I am flying to music uh, in order to get inspiration and so on. The uh, you mentioned you've competed in China, of course, but where else have you travelled to compete? Uh, mainly in Scandinavia, um, I've been in um, yeah, all around Sweden for sure, uh, as well as in Norway and Denmark and yeah, then China. So it's mainly here in Scandinavia. Have you got plans to compete at the uh, uh, EXFC? Yes, I have. Um, so that would be awesome. I had plans to join the Nordic, no, the European Championship in iMac in Italy this year. Oh, yeah. But unfortunately, it is postponed. Yeah, you should do it. You'll do well. The, uh, I think it was, I think they've postponed it till next year now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so everything's sort of a bit delayed, but oh, well, it gives you more time to practice. There's no excuses then. That's true. Are they going to change the sequence, though, at the end of the year? Will there be a different sequence or will they continue with the same sequence, do you think? I think they will change, uh, actually. I think they will have a new sequence for next year. Do you find that with some of the iMac uh, here in Australia, with a lot of the people that fly iMac are flying at quite large aerobatic planes, a three-meter size plane? Have you ever felt the need to move up to a bigger, bigger plane for iMac? No, actually not. Uh, here in Sweden, some of the pilots are actually moving down to these hundred cc airplanes, uh, and uh, I found them pretty good. They are easy to handle and easy to get in the in my van, and uh, yeah, fly great. Yeah, you know, I've seen this um, very big shift away from also composite planes back to to balsa and plywood planes. Is that the same thing in, in uh, Sweden as well? Yeah, kind of actually. 
what were what are, what are the some of the brands that people are flying the popular brands at the moment most of the people are flying extreme flight uh, but we also see a lot of um, skywing and uh, some krill models uh, yeah composite rf as well yeah we have a lot of um uh, a lot of comp afts we've got a few krills and of course, extreme flights pretty pretty big here as well. And we get a bit of pilot RC as well because pilot RC really uh, you know uh, building some nice planes as well. The Skywings, as I said, we just don't see the Skywings here. But the, the Australian market's very small for aerobatic, especially large aerobatic planes. I don't know where there's enough room in the market for another another brand. But I did hear there was somebody that was trying to bring in a whole bunch of Skywings uh, into the country. But we used to get Skywing foamies. I had Skywing foamies. Um, but, okay, they fly great as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, look, I, they, I learned a lot flying those planes because it's one of those things. How do you go with uh, one of the biggest challenges we always find when transitioning from, say, the simulator to the real thing, and especially when you're flying a giant scale plane, do you get a bit nervous when you're when you're learning some new maneuvers and, and flying down low with your bigger planes, or are you accustomed to it now? No, actually not. Um, I'm training a lot in the simulator and yet the feel of the maneuver and then I'm trying the maneuvers at some height and then moving it down slowly. So no, mainly not. Most of the time, not nervous. Yeah. And where do you see your style sitting? Because we've seen what I call the Jace Ducier style, which is you know more aggressive flying. Are you tending more towards aggressive flying or is sitting in the middle with some a mixture of some faster pace moves and slower or down the more traditional end of the, the slower end of the 3D spectrum? I think I'm in the middle, actually. I'm trying to combine both these the Dusty style and the older style that Ido flew, for example, uh, and having elements from both styles in my freestyle um, routines. And at the moment, who would be, who do you consider to be the number one going around in the freestyle aerobatic scene around the world? Dacia. Yeah, Ducey's good, isn't he? Yeah. It, it was so good to just see it live, to see how he flies. But uh, Yeah, it's awesome. And he's a nice guy too. But um, yeah. yeah, no, that was amazing to see Jace fly. But uh, there's, uh, you know, I saw Sacha Ciccone, even Martin Brandmuller. You should see Martin fly at the moment, Orle. In China last year, he's really picked up his act. He's hopeless yeah. at finding sp- sponsors. You know what my saying is that I say to Martin: less engineer, more sales. But he, um, yeah. but but I, I, you may have listened to the podcast where I interviewed Martin. But Martin's got a job now. It's taken him I don't okay. know four or five years, and he's finally given up. He was finished university, and he has a job. You know what that what that means? He now is not going to have enough time to go flying. So you know we can all catch up to him. Yeah. Poor Martin, but he still doesn't have a girlfriend. He's still struggling in that department. But anyway, <laughs> he's got his model airplanes to hug. That's that's great. So uh, future plan now, moving forward, finish school, and then uh, what, what's your plans with the hobby? What do you what do you hope to achieve? I hope to be able to start competing more internationally, and hopefully go to the EXFC and uh, next year to the European Championship in IMAC. And as we talked about earlier, I hope to be able to go back to China, the uh, China 3D Top Show, and it would be awesome. And hopefully also go and compete some at some competition in the US in well, the future. I was going to say that uh, they're always looking for for international competitors that want to compete over in the US, whether it be the uh, the um, Tucson uh, shootout event or uh, 
XFC variations. I think they're, they're changing it again this year. And uh, I know that Ido used to always get invited to them, but he, even if he wasn't competing. But if you, you know what you need to do all there? Here's a little tip from your uh, Australian father. Uh, just make contact with the organisers and tell them that you're interested in next minute. You'll be there. Yeah. And then, then what you do is hook up with uh, Martin Brandmuller and you can share accommodation, reduce your cost. That's how you're going to do it. You've got to get there. Yeah. And I think actually for you to get over to the US and see the US scene as well, we can really help with your development. I think that um, there's, I definitely see the European style and the American style. And I think somewhere in the middle is really good. And that uh, both parties, both the US guys going to Europe and competing is good for them and vice versa. So if you have the opportunity. Yes, for sure. Just, it would be awesome to get there and it, join just, some competition. This is traveling with big planes is always a bit difficult. That's the only thing. You've it got, is. Yeah, someone will lend you a plane. Don't worry about that. Just take your transmitter and you'll be fine. Now, <laughs> to finish up, it's the big question that I – it's almost the flat-out RC question that everybody wants to know. And if I don't ask, they're going to start complaining. What has been your favorite plane of all time? You mean in full scale or in RC model? Or... What do you think? I'm talking about model airplanes here, Ole. <laughs> okay. Oh, I like yeah. a Cessna 172 has been my favorite plane of all time. <laughs> Let's just focus on models. Yeah, for sure. Um, I actually think the best plane that I ever flew for um, freestyle and for iMac is the Skywing Laser. Um uh, I flew that one in China, as you saw. Yeah. It's just an awesome machine. Um, so for iMac and Freestyle, uh, it's an awesome plane. Well, that was electric, the one that you flew in China. And you had an electric one back home, didn't you? Yeah, we have that one that we flew in China. It's actually back home here oh, right at the moment. Yeah. And, so that's, and, you, and you get to fly that a bit as well? No, Michael has that plane at the moment, oh, actually. Okay. Um, but I hope to get to fly it this summer some, sometime. Yeah, no, that's good. Well, Ole, we had a great experience together in China and from that point onwards for the rest of our lives, we'll be connected. Uh, you sure. know, one day I hope to, to see you again face-to-face and, and watch you develop in the hobby and in your life because I'm an old man and I like seeing the youth get uh, get up and going. You've taught us a lot about the, Swedie, the, the scene in Sweden and what you're up to with aerobatics and uh, I really thank you for spending the time with me today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ollie. Well, I hope you enjoyed that chat with Ole Loveberg, the love bug. Uh, good bloke. Uh, wish him all the best. Uh, he's one of those guys that I met him in China. We bonded really quickly. He, he, go back and have a look at the Flat Out RC YouTube at the Life on High Rates video shot at the 2018 China Top Show. You'll see Ole. He's the one that's sitting on my lap in the car. That's how I first met him. We just had to, we crammed into the back of BMW and Ole had nowhere to go. And being the young kid, it was like, oh, well, just find a spot. And he basically ended up on my lap. There was nothing untowards happening. He was just sitting on my lap because there was no room. Anyway, you'll see in the video where we we, we decided he's not going to sit on anybody's lap anymore. He's going to sit in the, on the, uh, the gearbox tunnel and so he found his spot there, but he was such a good guy to, to hang around with. And uh, Michael, he's sort of a chaperone from Sweden who was living in China at the time, also his sponsor from ML Hobby. Uh, we had a really, really good time. Such a memorable event. And I always talk about this. If you get the opportunity to travel flying, go and do it. It's just amazing. It's just so much fun and really memorable. And as Ole said, he said both on camera and off camera, it was just a highlight. 
for him that year. It was just an amazing experience. So thanks to Ole. Now, I want to uh, talk about uh, some things you should keep your eye out for on, on the land of YouTube. Now, many of you that listen to this podcast, no doubt, love getting onto YouTube and having a look at a few videos and, and uh, watching a few flights and airplanes and that kind of stuff. So I just want to share a few that, that I don't mind, that I thought you would enjoy as well. And what I've tried to do is predominantly try to pick um, stuff from anything that's good down here, uh, down south in uh, Australia, but have extended it across the world. And you know, talking about extending across the world, the first one is the Flight Test YouTube channel. If you haven't heard of Flight Test, then you're probably living under a rock. Flight Test is a, a big sort of content creator brand coming out of the US, started life on YouTube many, many years ago, uh, producing videos, just I don't want to call them gimmicks, but it's fun RC uh, flying kind of videos where they might make a weird plane and go on flight and that kind of stuff. It's really entertainment using radio control aircraft as sort of the prop for the videos, but it really is pure pure entertainment. And they've expanded into having their own shops. So now, as you can imagine, a lot of the stuff they fly is their own stuff or variations. And but they're they're doing with this stuff with drones and planes mainly, uh, but. They their production value is very good. They they really pay a lot of attention to how they shoot the videos and the storylines and that kind of stuff. So one of the biggest, there are over a million subscribers. They're doing really really well, and and they're just entertaining. If you're looking for you know the the pointy end of the hobby being high quality large scale giant scale aircraft stuff like that, you're not going to go to flight test because they're mainly building with foam and cheap materials and things like that. It's just the fun end of the market, but they do a really really good job. And it really entertains you. I actually watched one of their videos today, and I, I thought they did a they did an excellent job. They had a, they've just released a video where they developed a um, they pulled apart a transmitter, basically, or got broken transmitter parts, and put it together to create almost like a cockpit where the pilot would fly the model plane like a real one that had the uh, the FPV goggles on. And that was it was really good. I watched it to the end, uh, and it was it was just a bit of fun. The model itself wasn't that great. But uh, it's that's not the point. The storyline, the fun that they're having is probably the main thing. So flight test is a good one. There's another one. If, if you want to really hear about more of the politics in the hobby, uh, plus a few other things talking about drones and planes and things like that, you've got to have a look at Bruce Simpson from New Zealand, X-Jet, the X-Jet channel. And Bruce doesn't mind stating his opinion, which is fine. I, I, I'm all for people that want to go and do that. Um, I'm pretty opinionated myself, but Bruce gets out there and... and no, he, he comes across as quite a knowledgeable guy. Like he's been around the hobby for a long time and he's really getting, got into drones and things like that and the electronics and all that sort of kind of stuff. So when he talks, you know that um, you know, he's not he's a pretty smart cookie, old Bruce. Um, but he also likes talking about, you know, what's happening on the political side with being New Zealand, sometimes Australia, what's happening in the US around regulations and things like that. So X-Jet, another good one to go and have a look at from Bruce Simpson over in New Zealand. Now, coming back to Australia, there's a couple now from Australia. Probably one of the best, I call him one of the best content creators that we have in Australia, focusing on the FPV drone community, is a website, is a, sorry, a YouTube channel called UAV Futures. Stewie, down there in Geelong, here in Victoria, is producing daily videos for drone races, basically, or freestylers, FPVers. And doing an excellent job. He's basically given up his job. He was a teacher and he gave up his job and he's doing it full time. And his channel, I think, is up to 190,000 plus 
subscribers now. So he's doing okay. The numbers are growing. And he's got a very international audience, I suppose, as well. So what's he doing? He's doing a lot of drone reviews and product reviews. Uh, a lot of that gear from Banggood and those kind of guys. He's he's testing it out. And and he's pretty good. He, he's an honest guy. He, he really does state the honest truth and what he thinks about these models. And the, so the drones and things like that. Uh, but... I've always found his videos to be excellent and very entertaining. He, he comes across well on camera. He often has his mates there as well, and you have a good laugh. So again, I suppose with these videos, what I like is it's not just about the models, it's about their personalities and their banter between them. Uh, and that really, really adds to the flavor of the, the content as well. So UAV Futures, go and subscribe to it. Stewie, down here in Victoria, doing a great job. Check him out. As I said, daily videos, so there's always going to be something fresh for you. don't know how he does it because I'll tell you what, it's hard work. Another one from home, a smaller channel, but um, a great guy, the BMS Web, BMS Space Web. Uh, that is the Bitmarter, Paul and Thomas Bitmarter, uh, gun drone racers. It's funny, see, drone guys, Target, generally got a younger demographic. They love YouTube. But the, um, the Paul and Thomas are doing a great job in producing content on BMS Web, especially when Thomas is going and competing at different events. It just gives you that other uh, side of, of, of the situation. You, know, you don't often see them doing straight product review videos. It's more about vlogging, that kind of thing. And I love that. I, I, I think that uh, you know, definitely we need product review videos and that kind of stuff because it really helps us when we're trying to purchase stuff and working out what's good and what's not. But seeing other people's experiences of uh, what's going on and what they do is excellent, especially someone like Thomas Bitmarter, who's like a world champion. He's just an absolute nutter gun. I, don't, I, I watch videos of him flying through you know, FPV drones, through racing gates, and I don't know how his brain can keep up. I just can't keep up. Maybe I'm too old. But he's a good bloke. He was in, I think I interviewed him for the first edition of um, Flat at RC, and we just shot a video together down at Greensboro. And hope you, I want to have him back. I want to have um, Thomas back and maybe even Paul as well um, get them both on the line because great bunch of guys awesome uh, father and son team and excellent people to boot so BMS web now going offshore again Horizon Hobby uh, Horizon Hobby really is that the biggest brand the biggest companies going around in aero modeling at the moment and without them we'd be there'd be a lot of gaps in the product range uh, very big on the foamy side. They've got brands such as Hangar 9, E-Flight, Spectrum, you know, they've got these big brands under their banner. And they're developing a lot of products. And of course, being a big company, they understand the value of marketing, which I wish, I'm a marketing guy. And I'm just amazed that the hobby doesn't really market themselves as well as they should. But Horizon Hobby do an excellent job. And so definitely jump onto Horizon Hobby and have a look at, they've got multiple different channels, I think, from memory. But they, they talk about a lot of different things, especially um, Horizon Hobby products, of course. But uh, we had Ali Machinchi on oh, a number of episodes back who works for Horizon Hobby. Go and have a look at some of the videos he's shot with Hangar 9 products and uh, how they do it. And again, they're very well done. And the final one I want to talk about is coming back to home, Flat Out RC. That's right. It's a channel that I started a few years ago, I think. Actually, do you know what the history is of Flat Out RC? I don't think I've ever told anybody about this. Is that Flat Out RC was supposed to be a television show. I developed the concept, uh, oh, it would have been maybe three or four years ago now, of trying to develop a program to get onto television. And I actually had a deal. Um, I had space booked on uh, on a station. No, the station doesn't exist anymore. But there was going to be um, a national program and uh, we shot some pilots and things like that. And then 
just couldn't get the industry again. I should have learned from my mistakes. Couldn't get the industry, couldn't get the MAAA interested in it, couldn't get other companies interested in having a national television program because I thought we need to put it put it in front of the, the, the audience in their homes and the hobby that is and uh, couldn't get it off. But Flat Out RC, YouTube channel, started after that, uh, where I shared some of the content. And my idea again with Flat Out RC is to not, you know, not, I'm not really big on the say the product review kind of things. Um, I do do them now and again. You'll see some some videos where I feature products, but uh, a lot of it is a lot of the videos I shoot are shot at events to to showcase the event. And what I find is that people really like those videos. The people that went to the event like seeing, uh, reminiscing about the uh, the event through the video, and it also shows other people and shares that experience from from these events. And I'd love to do more. I can't get out the flying fields at the moment and it's winter and all that kind of stuff. But there will be more coming. There's a few product review videos that I'd like to do, just some overviews, uh, that kind of thing. And I'm hoping to actually shoot some more videos of just planes flying. You can see some of these awesome planes we see flying down at you know the Mammoth Scale event in Shepparton or jet events and things like that. So hopefully we'll get some more video soon for you. They just take a bit of time and between everything else I've got going on in my life, it's very hard to squeeze everything into something you've got to give. So anyway, flat out RC, jump onto YouTube and subscribe. So there you have it. A few YouTube channels that you may want to take a look at. Don't forget all those Aussie ones, UAV Futures, BMS Web, Flat Out RC, and okay, XJet for New Zealand. They're perfect. They're you know, close to Australia, so we'll throw him in as well. About to leave. Already packing. Come with me. I'm not really asking. We'll get away to a place where we don't know. Well, we made it to episode 10 and it's been a good episode. Uh, glad to have that international flavor with Ole Loveberg, the love bug on the line, having a chat. Uh, more coming uh, in the future, uh, recording some more interviews this week. So they're still coming in. I'm really, I keep on saying that I really enjoy producing this podcast and I actually do. Uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun to interview the people and get to talk and hear about their stories and everybody has a story to tell and, and sometimes they're going to be names that you know sometimes they're not I'm planning an upcoming episode it could be the next one I haven't I, I, I'm thinking maybe the next one uh, where I might get uh, a friend of mine Dominic Aisu head of the peanut gallery in for a bit of a, a banter so you can see how we just rib each other non-stop There'll be a lot of yelling and screaming probably at each other, but there'll be names that you know and there'll be names that you don't know. But just take a listen because everybody's got a good story to tell in the hobby and to hear, hear them whilst you're building the model airplanes out in the shed and stuff, it always adds to the enjoyment. So thanks to All Air for joining me. Thanks for all of you for joining me. Don't forget, subscribe to Flat Out RC Podcasts, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify or here on SoundCloud or instagram jump on instagram and our facebook page and don't forget merch at flatoutrc.com.au i've also put a podcast page on the flatoutrc website so if you want to see where all the podcasts are just go to flatoutrc.com.au click on the podcast page and you'll be able to see all the episodes we have produced so thanks for joining once again hope you get out there and flying build some more products support the hobby industry support the hobby scene, get on out there. Thanks once again.